0: Welcome and thank you for tuning in. I'm Jenna Wilmers. And I'm Fran Malfer. We're your Ember Igniters. We nurture the embers of a diminished fire, empowering individuals to ignite and activate their passion to carry out their God-given life assignment.
1: excited that you have rejoined us, and we're going to be talking today on the subject of finding hope through hopelessness. That's an interesting title, don't you think? How can you find hope in hopelessness? And I asked myself that question um, as we were preparing for this podcast, and I know that before you can talk about hope, you really have to kind of understand what hopelessness is because I believe that most of us experience at some given point in our time in our life a a time when we maybe feel a little hopeless so Jenna and I are going to uh, share a story with you some of our story and um, hopefully we'll be able to show you in this podcast and in the next ways in which you can find hope through hopelessness so I want to tell you about a young lady whose name is Keela. Now, when Keila's mother was pregnant with her, her mother was very, very sick, and the doctors uh, were very concerned that um, the pregnancy would go to full term. So, as a matter of fact, they really thought that perhaps um, Keela would not be born. And yet, by some miracle, uh, Keila entered the world, and um, uh, continued to thrive. However, her mother continued to be quite ill.
0: She was, for some time.
1: Yeah, a long time. To the point where um, Keila tells her story, she says, you know, when I was about five years old, I was taking care of my mom. I was helping her get up in the morning. I was helping her to remember to take her medicines, um, eat and do a lot of things at 5 years old. I'm trying to picture. You know picture. what's
0: interesting is that how many times have we gone through something and felt like we had to be the adult in the situation when we really were a child. It's so true. And where does that knowledge come from? It's like you're almost like an old soul in yeah. a little person's body. Because that knowledge, <laughs> mm-hmm. like how did she understand that she needed to help her mom take her meds or to even how to take care of her?
1: I think it's a super good question that a lot of us probably want to answer for ourselves. And you know, sometimes I think God has instinctively provided what I would say is survival
0: yes.
1: um, instinct within us. I think Keela definitely, by five years old, understood that her mother didn't have it within her. Um, her mother had drifted, I believe, into a state of complete hopelessness. So much so that when Keela talks about her life, she says, you know, my mom couldn't keep a job. Um, we we moved from place to place. Um, I, I, at five years old, I, I'm i trying to remember what I was like at five years old. Yes. And at five years old, I didn't have a care in the world.
0: Not and here a care. she is saying that she's one minute she's homeless, the next minute she's scraping by. I just can't imagine having to take that burden on as a five year old.
1: Yeah. And then she also talks about how her father was not in the picture at all. So now you're talking about um, not having a dad not having a a good role model through her mother. And um, there she is, I think, really surviving, really. So um, she tells the story that it was when she was about seven years old that she finally met her father. And it wasn't a good thing. Um, He apparently um, didn't have much good to say about her mother and she he had nothing good to say about Keela and actually I think she felt as if she felt afraid mm-hmm. really of this man who was her father. And what we know about her is is that um every every time she had to go with her dad, um she hugged her mother goodbye like it was the last time that she was going to see her mom because She really didn't know whether her father was going to beat her, feed her, or take care of her. So both parents had really um, sort of abandoned Keila. So here we have uh, a place where this little girl, who's now seven, is feeling just trapped and vulnerable and uncertain. And um, she's always afraid. And I think what she's most afraid about is the knowledge that her mother could potentially pass on.
0: And then the unimaginable happens and her mother passes at the age of nine. Yep. And it sent her kind of into a spiral where she wanted to, at that point, take her own life Mm -hmm. because she had no hope. Mm-hmm. She had no one to make her feel loved. Mm-hmm. She felt alone. She felt shame, she felt fear, mm-hmm. anger. and she was convinced that no one loved her or ever would
1: exactly what an what an incredibly empty life, and why. I think um, she, herself, calls herself the girl who was hopeless. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you are, nine years old. I have grandchildren about that age, and it, it's difficult to imagine an individual person so young having no hope for the future at all. Um, you know, I looked up the definition of hopelessness, and um, I kind of am that way. I like, to, I like to research and pick apart words because they have meaning to me. Every word has meaning. So when you think about the words that her father was saying to her that diminished her value or the fact that her mother maybe didn't even speak a lot to her, um, what is that hopelessness? And it says it's really it's a feeling, number one. And it's one of despair and a real lack of having any kind of hope that there's something better in life. Nine years old. Yeah. Well, I'm saying this story, but isn't that kind of sometimes how many of us feel? It doesn't matter what our age is or what's going on in our life. Maybe nothing's happening in our life, and we had wished and dreamed for things. And so these are these fires that we had, you know, Keela was born as a miracle, and God imparted in her these incredible, normal uh, needs and desires, you know, as an infant and then as she's growing, and all of that just sort of fizzled out and really became what we would refer to as um, a dead fire or an ember. Just just barely... uh, Glowing underneath the weight of hopelessness.
0: Those embers of hopelessness can also take on several different forms. It can take on, like she was feeling, the alienation, uh, the lack of inspiration, powerlessness, yeah. the oppression, the depression, the limitless, the limitlessness, the doom, the captivity, yeah. and the helplessness. And really, even her wanting to take her own life. Uh, And in all of those examples, hopelessness really has many negative consequences. Not only in society, but also in your home life. Yeah. And everything that you do within your spiritual life, all of that, it's all wrapped up into one.
1: You know, um, I wanted to go through the Word of God because this is where we find all that we need for life and health and breath, and I wanted to know were there, you know, often we think, well, the Bible has all this perfection in it and all this wonderfulness, but you know, there are several characters in the Word of God that um, also hit a place of absolute hopelessness. They just didn't really know how they were going to move forward. Potentially, had what Kila had was suicidal thoughts. You know, why am I here? What? What's the point? Well, one of those uh, individuals was a prophet named Elijah, and um, he had uh, gone through this phase with a, a very evil king, and um, he had just been through this incredible experience where he had, he had prophesied that there would be. A drought for, th- for a period of time. There would be no rain. Well, the people were getting anxious, and so one day um, he said, Okay, I'll tell you what. You bring all your uh, false prophets, and I'll bring, uh, and you build an altar to God, and you call upon your God you call upon him to see if if he'll bring down fire on this altar and and bring rain and then I'll do the same so there's Elijah and he's just uh, watching these people calling out calling out for rain and praying for rain and nothing is happening and so there's Elijah all by himself and he finally just sits down and he's he calls on the name of God and he says God if you're out there show yourself to these people come and bring fire to this altar and so God just rained down fire in the altar it consumed everything there and then he said to his servant I want you to go and look and there was a cloud in the sky just a little one and the story goes on that then rain started to come but Elijah wasn't thrilled I mean he didn't have hope Mm -hmm. he ran away and um, he hid in a cave until he could hear that God had a plan. And as soon as God heard, uh, he heard God's voice, he knew what he had to do. Well, Keela had a very similar kind of thing happen to her.
0: She
1: did. Yeah. She
0: did. But have you ever felt that way? I like have. You felt like you didn't have hopelessness? Or hope, excuse me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: I did you know I'm gonna just uh, quickly share a story my my husband and I had been um, married for about three years and uh, we had the joy of expecting our first child Um, and he was born and we were excited and thrilled and uh, like any parent um, and you have dreams you know of marriage and family and so forth so after he was about close to two years old Um, we decided we'd like to have some more children. So we attempted to have more children and um, nothing happened. Year after year after year, um, we went through a period of just infertility that was difficult to imagine. As As a woman, I kept thinking, well, I did it once. Certainly we can do it again. But there was nothing happening and I came to a place where I didn't really know what it was that God wanted for me and all my dreams were sort of fading away and I hit a place where I thought, okay, this may be all that is left for me, it's just this one child. And, And I felt as if nothing good was going to happen in the future, I was going to make the best of what God had given to me but I I felt real despair in there of course yeah it was I mean, hard. any
0: woman going through that situation would definitely feel the same way well it kinda makes you look at how do you identify the lies that you're believing that's right at that time uh, you know you were saying when you had shared that story with me that you felt broken I did and alone and those are just lies that the enemy wants to tell you and keep you replaying in your head like a soundtrack so that you remain in bondage with him and I'd like you to share with them how you kind of broke out of that by spending some quiet time with contemplation.
1: You know, what Jenna said is is really true. Um, You do feel you can't speak about it. It silences you. So that's one of the first lies of the enemy, is he takes your voice. Um, He makes you believe that um, there isn't a possibility. Even though as a believer in Jesus Christ, I knew that with God all things were possible, I had lost He had robbed me by telling me over and over again, your body can't do it. You're just not able, or your husband's body isn't able to produce. We checked into different things. I had procedures done. Um, and, And so I was at a place where I just really didn't know what to do. And I had resigned. This is the other thing. So the enemy says, you know, just be happy with what you have. Don't dream for anything bigger. Don't look for anything bigger. Just be happy with where you are. But, you know, when we have these passions in ourselves, when we have these desires in ourselves, and then when you know that God says, I want to give you the desires of your heart, and they don't happen, and the enemy says, see, God's not really trustworthy.
0: He loves that lie so much.
1: Oh, he does. And we
0: pick up the bait many times and that comes in so many different forms yeah. too when it's oh you can't do that yeah you're not good enough someone can do that way better than you
1: and people were I mean women around me were having children and having children and you know you do get depressed and in despair so I needed um, to recenter I
0: love them. Every
1: century? I had to understand that if I said and believed what I did, that God had a plan for me. So what did I, how was I gonna figure that out? Because you know, we as human beings, we constantly wanna see if we can figure out what God has planned for us, mm-hmm. versus just being uh, ourselves. And the reason is all the voices of the enemy coming at us. So I took some time and uh... by myself actually Uh, it's not easy on a marriage either Um, as you can imagine you know your husband's going through what he's going through i'm going through what i am together we're trying to figure it out and then you have as women we have a monthly cycle that just you know constantly reminds us so i decided that i really just needed to step away um... and allow myself to experience the sadness, and to experience the possibility that um, God may have something different for me that I had not thought about. So I went to a quiet place.
0: And sometimes you have to go to a quiet place to deal with grief. Sometimes these diminished fires can produce grief in our life, Yeah. and it's not healthy to not deal with it, although sometimes it's easier. Uh, There's many times where people will have a traumatic event happen in their life that diminishes their fire to embers, and they never talk about it, they never deal with it, but yet as they grow and the longer time goes on, the more and more this event will resurface and mm-hmm. try to rekindle the wrong fire right and it's hard because it's constantly something that the enemy is going to use to yep. attack you and to try to put into context and lie to you some more to mm-hmm. get you to believe another lie or to put you back in bondage that's his motive it he really is wants to uh, kill steal and destroy your joy your happiness and he wants to keep you from walking out your god-given life assignment that's right and so he will do anything and yeah. that just breaks my heart because we get to a point where we're so polluted with the lies of the enemy that we can't even tell what's a lie and what's the truth that's right uh I know I went through a time like that growing up where you just feel like you're drowning uh, and you just can't pull your head above water. Hmm. But when you do and you take that first breath of fresh air and just that feeling of freeness, it's amazing. And what's great is that we all have it in us to do it And we can't wait to share with you steps to do it and Mm -hmm. ways Mm -hmm. to do it as we walk on this journey with you. I love that she
1: quoted the verse from John 10, 10. Um, The uh, enemy comes to kill, he comes to steal, and he comes to uh, uh, rob us. But then the verse continues and it says... But I, that's Jesus speaking. So he, he knows the tactics of the enemy in our lives. And he says, but I've come to give you a life and give it more abundantly. Um, those are words of hope in the midst of. Now, Jenna and I recognize that many, many people today are walking in a place where they cannot see a future that looks good. Um and and we're here because we want to share with you that we've experienced that same thing and we want to help you um move through ways in which you can reignite
0: yeah
1: right it's what we want to do we're your ember igniters we want to help you reignite and then uh empower you to use what you learn to become active in your faith and share that with others just like we're trying to do so one way that we thought might be helpful to you between now and the next uh, we have a part two for this uh, podcast where we'll talk a little bit more about how to move from hopelessness to hope which is the title uh, that we have today um, I want you to recognize that in the Word of God um, well it says in Psalm 34 18 God is is close to the brokenhearted he's close to you whatever you're feeling however broken you are he's right there with you and there's that wonderful little word and saves those who are crushed in spirit so when your spirit feels so low he's there to come and pick you up so we're going to give you a couple of uh ideas for you to try Uh, to help you identify some of the things that the enemy may be saying to you.
0: Yeah. So we want you to um, take a moment and spend some time in quiet contemplation. And it doesn't have to be long, but just we want you to think about, whenever a thought crosses your mind, just write it down, because that's how Jesus will speak to you. Mm-hmm. and. hmm Go back as far as you can to your childhood and make a list of examples of you saying, I can't. I can't do that. They know me more than me. I'm a screw-up. I'm damaged goods. And just write that whole list. And we want you to look at that list for a couple of days. And if any more come to mind, write add mm-hmm. those to it too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then we want you to... Take that paper and we want you to tear it into a bunch of small pieces and we want you to go to a safe place and burn those pieces of paper and just as Jesus said it is finished Mm -hmm. we want you to say the same thing because you are making a choice to accept your new life in Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right.
1: Um, it's a simple little thing, but it may be a very emotional thing for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Um, we're going to talk about what happens once you have um, burned those pieces or put them in the trash and said goodbye to them. Um, what happens next? Um, Keila's story continues. Also, and we'll talk about that in our next episode. Uh, we want you to take this time to recognize—you know—once you can. This is what I'm learning. Once you can name what the enemy is doing in your life, the the lies he's telling you. Once you can name them, then you have the power of the choice to make, as we've been talking about. And if you want change then um, you can have that change, and we're going to talk about that more as we move through the next episode.
0: Yes, we also want to remind you that if you are feeling hopeless and you are struggling, especially with suicide, we do want to provide the National Suicide Prevention Hotline for you today. The number is 1-800-273-TALK, which is 1-800-273-8255. They are open 24-7, day or night. If you need to talk to someone who understands and can walk along, walk alongside you in whatever you're going through at that moment, we just really encourage you to take a step out in faith and reach out. You can also contact us on our website yes. and reach out to us and uh, through the Contact Us page, and we would love to be there for you as well.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Our prayer for you is this, that God may meet you in your place of need, that he would reveal those areas of your life that are being lied to, and that you would become free as you walk through this exercise. And when we come together in our next episode, we will walk into the glorious hope of the future that Jesus Christ can give to you. We are so excited that you can ignite your inner fire and you can begin the journey to restore the blazing fire of your future.
0: Don't forget, our podcast drops on the second Wednesday of every month. And we really do wanna hear from you. So please feel free to go to our social media page or you can contact us
1: at our website, which is www.sparklightministry.com.
0: And then click on the connect button. And if you have been encouraged by our podcast, we ask that you subscribe and share with those around you. Now go out and set the world on fire.